we break the complexity of the writing, the whole process, into very small, manageable steps. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So for you listeners who are just tuning in, this is part two of our special education podcast. And I'm Andrew, I'm not really sure if we're going to end it here or if we're going to have to go on to episode three. Well, that's the great thing about podcasts is neither the people doing them nor the people listening are quite sure what's going to happen. What is going to happen? But I will tell you, in case you didn't hear it last week, and if you didn't hear it last week, please do go back and listen. It was so good. <laughs> if I do say so myself. But Andrew, you were talking about the value of copy work. And I think this is just such a nice segue into our teaching writing structure and style methodology that we teach at IEW. Not that we necessarily teach copy work. I mean, we do in the primary grades. We definitely are advocates of it. But I do remember you talking to the students of the Structure and Style for Students Level A group, and you were encouraging them to do some copy work to build their stamina. So even at that level A, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, if they were struggling a little bit, keeping up with what you were doing. Sure. And there weren't many that were, but there were a couple. Mm -hmm. You really encouraged them to do copy work, and it helped tremendously. I think it might be worth doing a whole podcast. Hmm sometime just on that because mm-hmm. there's so much more that could be explored. Yep. And then of course what I have seen is in the world of curriculum whether it's school or homeschool or something in between I have seen people do copy work mm-hmm. with young children mm-hmm. but they pretty much relegate it to very young children, Mm. before they could write their own sentence. Okay. And then, uh, kind of an arbitrary, we stop doing the copy work, now, here's the paper, write whatever you want. Blank page. And they go to the blank page. And, uh, you know, when that happens, sometimes it works great and the kids are fine, but most of the time, it's just too big of a leap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... So uh, in addressing this subject today, Mm -hmm. which is why does IEW work so well with special needs kids or second language learners or kids outside, you know, the the stereotypical academic profile? Well, but it also works for the stereotypical academic profile. Right, but we don't worry so much about that. Right. You know. Especially not today. Um, What I think is that what is started with copywork Mm -hmm. is imitation. Oh, right. Right? And and then rather than saying, 
let's do a little bit of imitation and now let's jump totally into the world of improvisation mm -hmm. and it's just you, your brain and paper and boom, let's go. Mm -hmm. What would be a reasonable pathway toward that blank page? Mm. And, you know, I don't know that Webster thought this way mm -hmm. when he put these units together or whether any of the other contributors, and I didn't really even understand it for the first five, ten years. Sure. But as I've been at it longer, met, you know, more and more hundreds, thousands of kids, thousands of parents, teachers, what I have come to see is that our nine units are the pathway between strict imitation mm -hmm. and non-imitation. Mm -hmm. And so how do you gradually move? The other thing that I mentioned at the recent conference right? Yep. is that whenever you meet a child who says, I hate writing or I'm not good at writing or I don't want to do writing or I don't like it or a parent who says that about a child, almost always the problem is overwhelm. Mm -hmm. In fact, think about anything you don't like doing. It's often the result of being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It's too much complexity. You don't know how you're going to get through it all. And that can be something as, you know, mundane as um, <laughs> clearing out a storage unit. Yes. Are you speaking from experience, <laughs> recent experience, yeah, Andrew? In having this overwhelm of stuff yeah. in your environment. And yeah. you, there's no way around it mm -hmm. except to just blow it all up <laughs> um, or sort through it and just walk that path. Yep. And, you know, in the end, it's better to walk that path. But we have to know what the path is. Mm -hmm. So occasionally I'm in an elevator and someone says, hey, I heard about IEW. What's what's special mm -hmm. or what's different or, you know, what what should I know about it? Right. And this is an elevator. And so I you have, had to give you your know, elevator speech, right? 15 seconds <laughs> right. to somehow differentiate. And I just say, you know, in all honesty, I think what we do better than anyone I know is we break the complexity of the writing, the whole process, into very small, manageable steps. Yep. And I don't mean that those dumb posters that end up on the walls in classrooms that say the writing process, and then it says one, pre-write, gather your ideas, two, draft, sloppy copy, three, edit, you know, improve, four, publish, you mm -hmm. know, that that's not enough that's not breaking it down. <laughs> that is not enough breaking it down mm -hmm. for your average student. Mm -hmm. So, not enough for your average student, but doubly, triply, quadruply so for those that need to overcome exactly. these obstacles. Yeah, good observation. So, what would be one step removed from copying, right? So, here you have a poem or a paragraph or a page or whatever, and you look at every word in the sentence, or you just look at the first word or the first two words. And then you try to copy those first two words. Then you look at the next two, you try to copy those. Then maybe you've got three short words, so you can maybe look at all three of those and copy those three. And and this is very slow. Well, and can I just insert something with my own experience yeah. here? When I taught first grade, at the beginning of the year, I would have copy work for the children to do from the chalkboard. It really was a chalkboard. Mm. And I had different colors for every letter so the kids could remember 
and I did it in Order of the Rainbow, you know, Roy G. Biv. So it was red, orange. I, did, I skipped yellow because it was too hard. But anyway, the kids could see where they Chalk picked. is normally yellow. Well, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> bright enough compared to the other colors, right? But I what I'm saying was, was the tracking of this was mm. easy because it, it was all different colors. And they could remember where they picked up, where they left off because right. we're talking first graders. But then I went to full words as being the same color, and then they could pick up oh, there. okay. So you created a, a, a pathway, pathway even within that relatively simple activity well, of copying. To go yeah. from a chalkboard to paper, even that's kind of hard for kids, yeah. yeah. So in any case, yeah. copying every word. Okay, we don't actually put that in our writing program. No, we don't. But Well, our PAL has, our primary the, arts of language. Does have that. Does have copy know. work, yep. Uh, but what would be one step removed? And that's where we start with mm-hmm. unit one, right. which is don't copy the whole sentence. Mm-hmm. Read the whole sentence. Choose a maximum of three keywords and copy those words into the keyword outline. And you actually have the kids underline them when they choose them, so it's easier for them to find yeah, them on the page. Yeah, definitely if it's a first class or if it's young children or if it's kids uh, who have challenges in that area. So that's one step removed. So mm-hmm. you're, now you're not copying the whole sentence. You're making a choice mm-hmm. which words to copy. Mm-hmm. It's an easy decision to make. But you still have to make it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes kids copy words that don't work, and then mm-hmm. that comes out in the wash because we try to tell back the content from mm-hmm. the keyword outline. Right. But that's that's your one step removed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. copy work. Then the next step removed would mm-hmm. be to do that and then go into writing it out mm-hmm. in sentences, writing out the sentences that you kind of heard yourself say to yourself. So that would be the next step removed. Now, some people look at that activity, especially you know if you walk in and do it with a seventh grade or, or worse, a high school class. Some people look at that and say, that's too simplistic. Mm-hmm. That's too easy. Well, I think I said this before, but it's a pathway. Yes. Webster's nine units are a pathway. Just like Suzuki method for learning music, for mm-hmm. learning violin, mm-hmm. it's a pathway. Anyone who comes to learn to play the violin would start at the same place. So I have found great success in saying it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in second grade or graduate school. Yep. We start with keyword outlines. And retelling content using keyword outlines. And you know what? I've never met a person who, in the process of doing that, said, well, this is sure a waste of my time. (laughs) More likely, what do we find from um, teachers and mothers who come to – and fathers – who come to our teaching, writing, structure, and style and do the book lice and then have to do the infrasound and elephant? Their immediate response is, whoa. I wish I would have been taught this. I wish I had learned this. Yep. This is not as easy as I thought. Right. There's a lot going on here. Right. And we could camp out there. I mean, we could just talk about unit two for a long, long time. Yep. But but that's the perfect moment where you see, okay, straight copy work and all of its advantages, one step removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the next step removed? Right. Right? And that's where our unit three and four mm-hmm. come into play. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of start to look at the difference between what you might call creative, mm-hmm. you might call it narrative, imaginative, inventive mm-hmm. writing, and then what you might call 
academic mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest difference being, if it's imaginative or creative or inventive, you can kind of say whatever you want because you're not restricted to operating within a world of facts, right? Absolutely. Um, there's fairy tales and fables and myths mm-hmm. and things that have been told mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And none of them really originated in solid fact. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're people we believe existed, like Robin Hood, we don't know. And so that that practice of uh, elaboration. Mm-hmm. But then uh, with Unit Four, we're back into you know summarizing facts. Mm-hmm. That means you can't just make up stuff to fill up space. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although some people do think you can, you can pull that off in the real mm-hmm. world sometimes but well and you coach the kids in the structure and style for students not to include fluff for fluff's sake right yep right okay so now here we are in unit three and four it's still imitation okay mm-hmm. here's a story you don't have to think up a story you don't have to make it up out of your imagination right which for some people is really i found that really hard mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. Here's an existing story that you're familiar with, either because you heard it or read it maybe a few times. Now retell that story. So now you're imitating the structure and components more than you're imitating the language of the original. But both elements are very important. And then with Unit 4, you're saying, okay, you've got too many facts. Now we have to refine not just which key words will move the fact for you, but which facts are worth actually moving. Right. What's, you know, interesting or important or relevant. And so that's another step. So I look at unit three and four as being pretty comfortable in terms of you're still in this tradition of imitation. You're still gaining the huge benefits of working with existing stories and existing factual information, but you're moving, moving. Now, the next tier we get to Right? Unit 5 and Unit 6. Mm-hmm. Well, Unit 5 now is you don't even get a source text. There's no article. There's no story. But you're not completely alone. There's a set, you know, one or more, two, mm-hmm. three, more, whatever. There's pictures mm-hmm. and a methodology of thinking about those pictures. Right. So now you're one further step removed from imitation in the strict sense. But there's still a little bit of help there and, of course, gaining the skills to think about the pictures, to right. ask the questions about the pictures. Right. And usually when we introduce Unit 5, we do start with three pictures that they're connected. Right. And so there's, it's almost like a, a mini story that the students can – you know, see at face value, what's the central fact in this one? I can see how it's connected here. And they just basically tell that story mm-hmm. using, you know, yeah. the questions. But, but the fact that there's no pre-existing story means the the variety of yes. ways Crazy. in which kids interpret those pictures. Yep. You know, so now you're really moving into that world of, mm-hmm. okay, it's, it's on them mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, to invent. Right. Which... In Latin means to find, invenio, mm-hmm. to find or discover the content to go with that. Okay. Then unit six, we throw in this little wrench. Uh, not only do you have one source with too many facts, no. Now you have several sources. Right. Or too many sources with too many facts. Right. So it's that that 
filtering and sorting, sorting and moving ideas from a source text to a source outline in mm-hmm. keywords and then moving moving the best of the best from the source text outlines into the fused outline. Right. And and that sorting and filtering and representing, that's a lot of the kind of research stuff you have to do at higher levels, mm-hmm. just longer papers generally. Yes. And of course, when I was in elementary school, upper elementary school, middle school, what you just described your unit six, that's that note card project of how to keep all this organized. And I just love our unit six because it's so easy. The students, you know, I'm thinking these kids are not going to be not going to have post-traumatic stress disorder <laughs> because they won't have the note card problem in their lives. But I know that I used this idea of unit six when I was working on my papers in my master in my MBA program, mm-hmm. which was super helpful. But you know, you at the beginning you said these units one and two so simple keywords from every sentence. That's too easy for my blank grader. But yet, how quickly we move into now something so so much more complex like the unit six. But yet, it's incremental, step Very by step. Very incremental. And I was so excited when we did re- the recording of the SSS. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really hadn't had that kind of controlled group of the same kids for two years mm-hmm. who were, you know, being held accountable to mm-hmm. do the work. Yep. I mean, it's one thing to teach a class. It's another thing to have all your students do the assignments, yeah. which is necessary for the progress. Yes. You can talk forever, but that doesn't change anything, right? Right, right. But uh, to see especially that second year with the younger kids, mm-hmm. how they really got, you know, their little 11 by 17 paper mm-hmm. with the source outlines. And, mm-hmm. and and they made the transfer from the source text we gave them, the contrived to work source texts. They made the transfer to the library book source text. Right. They the wrote online sources. Yeah. They, they wrote stories about a country, a country of their choice. It yeah. could be any country as long as it wasn't the one that they lived in. Yeah. And then, of course, with the group C... You know, we were able to really see, you know, tremendous application yep. of that process in yep. a high school or, or really almost like a post-high school yep. way for yep. most of those kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we can be very confident they're going to walk into any college environment yep. and uh, know right away how to deal with the problem of too much information. Right, right. Okay, but we got to push on because we're almost out of time. Okay. So we go to the next tier. right which would be Unit 7 and 8. And those go together very nicely. Unit 7 is inventive writing. So mm-hmm. this is purely just you and your brain and whatever you happen to carry around in it. And I know you're going to say this, but I'm going to preempt you and say it. This is where other writing programs start. They don't have that pathway. They don't have that ramping up. No wonder kids are overwhelmed. Exactly. And they jump from, okay, we did copy work in first grade because you know, someone said we shouldn't, we believed it, to, okay, third graders, now you have to make up everything yourself. Wow. Right? And and what happens when people fail that? Yeah. This is why so many schools now are looking at what we do mm-hmm. and true. saying that has all the pieces mm-hmm. of the pathway yep. that the other program, curriculum, publisher, whatever, just didn't have. You said once that you would challenge anybody <laughs> to 
start with this blank page in September yep. and just do it week after week, month after month, and have them take their standardized tests in March yep. versus someone who starts our pathway in Unit 1 and 2 and maybe gets to Unit 7 a week before the standardized test yep. and see who does better. Yeah, and to, to do a, a fair competition, we'd have to have a cloned group of children oh, who are true. exactly the same. <laughs> but we've got almost mm-hmm. that level yep. of comparison between two very similar schools, Right, one which had training for their teachers. Yeah. We assume they worked through the yep. units. And then a, another school in the same district that did not. Yep. And the huge, I mean, magnitudes yep. difference on objective standardized writing assessments mm-hmm. that we didn't even know about. Right. We don't even know what they do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we have a lot there. But, but yes, so that unit seven is where we reach that point. Right. And, and here's a connection that I think Webster was brilliant that a lot of other people don't notice, and that is that good imaginative writing and good academic writing have some similarities. Mm. They're not completely different animals. And what are some of those similarities? Well, one would be structure. So Webster made the Unit 7 a five-paragraph for starters, model. Mm-hmm. I have since, in working with probably a, a broader range of children, mm-hmm. um, pointed out that you can do that same process with little kids and one paragraph, yep. or one paragraph and then pretty soon two, and then two, pretty soon three, and then you could add mm-hmm. two more to get to five. Or if you're just de- teaching younger children, you can camp out at one or two paragraphs yep. for the whole year. You yep. know, if it's only going to be a month out of your year or so. Uh, but that unit seven going to the five paragraph model. I'm sorry, I have to go back to just to unpack what you just said. You said one to two paragraphs for the whole year, and then you qualified for that month. Right, because you're in unit seven for approximately one month. Exactly, and each of our units are about a month or so, give or take. Yeah, yeah three to six weeks. And then you do it again yeah. next year. And then you do it again next year. And then, of course, the unit seven is going to be mm-hmm. old hat. That's the great thing about children is if they learned it and did it, then when you revisit that thing, they're like, I know this. That's like a kid goes fishing with grandpa, and now he thinks he knows everything about fishing. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't know everything about fishing, but the fact that he thinks he knows mm-hmm. everything about fishing m- makes it easier to go fishing mm-hmm. and learn more. Uh, if you had an experience and you come back and go, I know nothing about what I just did. Yeah, that's more me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I went fishing, <laughs> I would come back and go, I still have no idea. <laughs> but kids, they take to that kind of thing very quickly. So that's the great thing about revisiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, it's March. We did this last March. Hey, I remember that idea. And the prompt is different. And, you know, there's yeah, some the things that are different. Always yeah, the different. But yeah. the structures and the checklist, they're consistent. And, and so then Unit 8 is also the beginning five-paragraph mm-hmm. essay, formal essay. And that expands to 6 or 7 for an expanded paragraph or 8, 9, 10, or 11 for an expanded paragraph uh, – for an expanded essay with expanded paragraphs – and then 12 to 17 paragraphs for a super – I mean, we can keep going if I was you just going to say, if you're new to IEW, you're probably overwhelmed by this. But just know this about Unit 8. It can be as small as five paragraphs and as large as a doctoral dissertation. And if you need more than a week to do five paragraphs, mm-hmm. as could easily happen yeah. with, uh, you know, a, a student who is challenged in this area. Right. Right. 
that's okay too. Right. If you need to stretch out and do one paragraph every other day or every third day and it takes you three weeks yep. to get five finished paragraphs, that's infinitely better than mm-hmm. not doing it at all. Exactly. Even though it took longer than you might have wished. And then the next time you do it, it'll go faster. Mm-hmm. It'll go easier. Right. And then are you not nine? It's kind of the bonus, I guess. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, we have this critique model that kind of is a hybrid between the story sequence chart of Unit 3, the introduction conclusion from Unit 6 and 7, and it would be a nice replacement for the book report. And then in our newest version of TWSS, we've got uh, expansions off Unit 9, uh, response to literature right. and literary analysis essays. So, yeah. But I guess the most important thing for people to take away mm-hmm. from this is that it works and you don't have to figure it all out. Right. You do not have to redesign nope. a method for kids learning to write well. Yep. I didn't design it. I learned it. I started teaching it. It worked well. Yep. I've spent 20-some years trying to refine mm-hmm. and smooth and, with your help, create mm-hmm. materials that are even easier to use than when you first <laughs> first came to my seminar. When I first came. Decades ago. <laughs> and learned of the IEW method, the structure and style. All we had was the teacher training course. Yeah. But that is still the most important thing. And I think that that fact that we focus on teacher training and teacher could be parent, teacher could be tutor, teacher could be any environment where you are leading a kid or kids, you are now you can now adapt the scenario for all of your kids, whether they're advanced or special needs. And, you know, I was hearing you say about a paragraph a day or a paragraph a week with our student materials, even Structure and Style for Students, our video course, our new one, I know we keep talking about that, but it's new, it's exciting. It will still be exciting when it's not new, but it's a 24-week program that you can easily stretch out to be 32 weeks mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever whatever is appropriate for your group of kids or for your single student. And, and I, I wish that, and maybe we should just do this, but I wish that every teacher who takes our teacher training course mm-hmm. or who doesn't but buys something mm-hmm. like the SSS mm-hmm. to, to start there, or even someone who has a student enrolled in a a class at a school or mm-hmm. a hybrid or a co-op and and the the parent is you know even kind of on the periphery they're mm-hmm. not going to invest the hours that they need to i wish everyone would listen to that talk the four deadly errors okay because that i think frees up a parent tremendously yep to help in the most appropriate way mm-hmm. we carry a lot of baggage we come into teaching, we come into parenting, and almost all our information comes from our experience right. of being taught and growing up. I have to mention your talk, however imperfectly. Yeah. We're, we tend to teach the way we were taught. Yeah. It's hard not to do to your children mm-hmm. what was done to you. Yep. And that's why our structure and style may be, for some people, very different mm-hmm. than what they experienced in school. Yep. But we know. We, we don't hope, we don't wish, we don't believe. We absolutely know that it, that it works. Mm-hmm. And I would guess 
a third of the people who work for us probably fall into that category, at least the ones who have children, of having a kid who really had a hard time yeah. of it. Yeah. But walk through the syllabus two, three, four more years, and now as a young adult is doing great. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful, Andrew, and I'm sure that we'll be having other conversations because this is such a large group that has come to IEW, has come to our family here at IEW because of the success their kids have had in writing. And we just hope that more and more we can reach those who maybe have given up on learning to write and saying, no, it's still possible. Well, and we have a lot of, I think, good and some very specific questions yes you're going to bring to yeah a podcast in the future so we'll link back and forth so people can get the whole perspective great okay thank you andrew all right thank you julie Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.